Welcome to MedHeads, the weekly show that brings a biopsychosocial focus to issues of the day, along with special guests who will showcase their expertise and enthusiasm about their field of practice. Your host, Dr. Fergal Armstrong. Hello, my name is Dr. Fergal Armstrong and welcome to MedHeads. And today we continue our regular series on safety in the home with Zoe Lance. Hello, Zoe. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm very well. So I thought today we'd talk about medication safety because as you know, it's a crucial part of maintaining safety at home, isn't it? It definitely is, yes. Yeah. So there are various aspects to, you know, uh, managing uh, medication safety. And I suppose the first thing we could talk about is is what happens when medication isn't safely administered? What what kind of effects do you see in that regard? Um, well, obviously, it can cause falls. It can also cause um, serious harm to your health, your heart health, blood pressure, all sorts of things, um, and sometimes even in death if it's not monitored properly. Yeah. So it's a significant health issue, isn't it? And you know, there, there are statistics that suggest that you know, up to 30% of all medical admissions are avoidable if people took their medication correctly as prescribed. Yeah. So, I mean, there, there are certain types of medications which I personally worry about when I, when I consider safety, uh, especially for elderly pe- people living at home. And they include blood pressure medications, uh, hypoglycemic medications for diabetes, insulin, and also any drugs which have an anticholinergic effect because um, that can cause confusion. So all of these issues need to be uh, looked at in, in detail when we're doing medication reviews. And I suppose that's one of the reasons why I think that the multidisciplinary team is so important. So have you had experience of multidisciplinary teams where you work? Yes, yes, definitely. So we I work in a multidisciplinary team where we've got doctors, yeah. nurses, social workers, physios, occupational yeah. therapists. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's the, again, the, the key point is to emphasize that, that safety in the home requires uh, more than one professional type to actually give their input. Definitely. Now, apart from actually worrying about um, you know the, the actual medication per se, then we have to think about the the compliance with medication. And mm-hmm. have you seen problems with a lack of compliance? Yes, definitely. Um, confusion with what they're taking, um, losing the tablets, not knowing when to take them. Um, and, and worrying about interactions between medications, which definitely, as the prescriptions grow, as our um, health gets more complex, then we notice that people have trouble remembering when to take them and um, it becomes a bit of an issue. Yeah, I mean, you know, I hold my hand up and say that I've never completed an antibiotic course in my life, and yet I expect my patients, especially my elderly patients, to maybe take, you know, 15 tablets a day regularly yes. every day for the rest of their lives. So. Um, you know, it can be quite challenging. Mm-hmm. So there are various aids that can be used to improve compliance with medication regimes. Can you talk us through those? Yep. So I've got um, a few that I would like to talk about today. Um, mm-hmm. We can start from the start. So say you've only got a couple of tablets and you're quite tech savvy. There is an app that you can get called MedAdvisor app um, and it can be linked pharmacy and it is free if it's linked with the pharmacist and they can send you reminders of when your prescriptions need renewing uh, when your tablets are due and it can be on your smartphone your laptop whatever it might be um 
but it's probably not always appropriate with the elderly. But I mean, yes, it could be for some people who are tech savvy, but it is a good one to start with. Um, yeah, so that that really just tells you when your scripts are due, is that right? Yeah, it tells you when your scripts are due, and you can also set reminders on your phone as well when medication might be due. Um, yeah. So does it really, does it actually tell you to take your tablets that day? No, no. No, no. So it really is a way of actually managing your prescriptions. But I yeah. mean, that's the first level, I suppose, of of medication safety. So at least you don't forget to fill a prescription in, and at least you don't forget to take a whole set of medications. Yeah. Um, and there is the various apps and, and reminders that you can set on your phone to take medications, um, like you would alarm. Um, but like I said, that's not always appropriate for the, um, certain age groups. So yes, these apps do require a certain amount of IT competency and yeah. it's not, they're not for everyone. So no. what's, the what's the next step then? If you're taking um, tablets, I'd say between one to five tablets, I think using a dose set box is appropriate. Um, mm -hmm. And that's one of those boxes everyone might remember as Monday to Sunday. You know, they come in mm -hmm. that sort of long box. Yeah. So they're mm -hmm. ideal for tablets, you know, between one to five amount because, you know, it's a, it's a smaller amount of tablets and it's easier to remember. However, it does, it's not good for tablets that are time specific because it really only says Monday to Sunday. It doesn't really have times in there. And you'd also have to know what you're taking. So what each color of the tablet is. Um, and with that, also your pharmacist can actually print you off or your GP a form to tell you, you know, pink pill means this and blue pill means that. Um, so you can do that along with the dose set box, which can be quite helpful. Um, right. yeah. So who who fills in the dose set box? Is it the pharmacist or the patient? So it's the patient. So obviously there's also right. a little bit of competency as well. Um, so you yeah. have to set your dose set boxes up on a Sunday after you've been to the pharmacist and empty all of the, the – um, the pills into the doset box and then put that obviously by you know in the kitchen or the bathroom wherever you're going to remember yeah. um but also it does take a bit of competency for that yeah so each box represents a day so you can't say well i need to take my tablets two or three times a day it's literally if you've got medication that, that is supposed to be administered once a day on so you you fill in the the doset box itself from the bottle for the rest of the week and you do Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, all the way through to Sunday and it's daily medication. So it doesn't work for twice a day or three times a day medication. It only works for daily medication and you have to have the competency yourself to actually fill in the dose of box from your medication supply. Is that right? Yeah, that's definitely right. Um, okay. There is there is some dose of boxes that divide in the middle and there's a morning and night part of it. Um, right. That's commonly seen, but I don't recommend yeah. I recommend if you've, got, if you've got tablets that are multiple times a day and there may even be interactions with your medications that, like you were saying earlier, anticholinergics and pain medications and some medications that might interact, um, it's probably a big step to, to get a Webster pack. So what's a Webster pack then? Tell us about that. So a Webster pack is a rectangular blister pack that you can get from your pharmacist. Um, it also says Monday to Sunday down the side, and it has the times across. So with that, it's got specific times. It can be morning, noon, and night. It can be up to you know four to five, six times a day. The blister packs vary, um, and the 
their pharmacist packs the medications accordingly and they would know if there was any interactions because the pharmacist is the one packing them. Um, and also it does have a picture of the tablets on the top so you know what you're taking. Yeah, so there's a couple of key differences between a Webster pack and the Dossal box. So firstly, it's the pharmacist doing the packing. Yes. Secondly, you can have multiple administration times throughout the day per day. And so think of it like a grid. So you can have, you know, I think of the grid as down the side, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And then across the top, you can have like a.m. or morning, lunchtime, dinner time, bedtime, or even you can. I've seen five times a day administration as well. So they they basically each each intersection of that grid has a little blister pack into which medication is put. And also, you have information on what tablets are in each um, each blister and what one. Sometimes you have information about what uh, the, the tablets look like. Mm. So it's. Very, very detailed information and is provided by the pharmacist. And actually, I think most Webster packs um, are automated. So they, they have these huge million dollar plus machines, which actually just pump these Webster packs out. So you literally program Mrs. Jones's medication into the computer and then, you know, you can produce like three months worth of Webster packs. There are, however, downsides to, to this Webster pack um, service. Have you come across any downsides? Yes, um, I have. So I guess one of them would be having arthritic hands and trying to pop the blister and trying to get the tablets out. Yeah. It can be an issue. Yeah, it can be an issue, yeah. yeah. Um, and of all they are quite small, aren't they? They are quite small. Um, but the other issue yeah. I've had with the elderly is, um, or even any clients really, is popping it out and then the tablet's sort of going everywhere and flinging. Um, yeah. So I have suggested that people, when they are popping their tablets out of, out of the Webster, to put it into a small bowl and like yeah. put them into a small bowl and then take the tablets. Only because yeah. I guess with the pressure, sometimes the tablets can go everywhere. Yeah. And for me as a prescriber, one of the issues with Webster packs is that you can't give variable medication. You can't give variable dose medication. So for instance, you can't give uh, warfarin in a Webster pack because the dose needs to be changed on a daily basis. And you can't give PRN medication. So can you explain what PRN means and what kinds of medications they would include? Yes, yeah, so PRN medications are, are when required. So it yeah. might be something like Pandol. Um, you, you don't yeah. take it every day if you don't need to. You only take it when you have a headache, so as required. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and, and you know, Panadol is quite a safe drug. I mean, it's over the counter, but you know, there are PRN medications that are prescribed that are stronger than that. So things like Endone, which are potent opioids. Yeah. So you can't have Endone in a Webster pack for PRN use, can you? No. no. Yeah, yeah. Now, that's not the only possible solution to medication compliance, is it? The Webster pack. No. What's so next on your list? My next on my list would be the um, the dose dosage aid or the sachets. So they come in like a roll um, of just plastic sachets and that can just be ripped open and they're also made by the pharmacist. They will come with the patient's name on the top and they will come with a list of medications on there. But again, you will have to have a, a little bit of compliance. There is some on the back of the plastic um, sachet. They will have pictures on the back as well, similar to a Webster pack. Again, they're not um, time. They're not always time specific. As in, like the tablets are all in one sachet. So, 
Um, there can be a morning and a night sachet, but I haven't seen much more than that. It's usually just morning and night. And I just rip them open and get the roll from the pharmacist um, and then they can take them. So again, it's 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 uh, a kind of a once a day administration. That's where that that that's that niche for for dose aid, yeah. Yeah. And again, it's a blister pack. So again, you got to worry about you know spilling the medication everywhere, especially if you've got arthritic hands. Yeah. And there's a is there a maximum number of medications that can go into each blister in a dosage? I think with dosage, it's you know, it's it's not really much more than five medications that are in. Yeah. They're usually in yeah. there. Yeah. Yeah. So those devices really are, are <clears throat> excuse me, are ways of prompting a patient to take medication, mm-hmm. aren't they? And they're a way of organizing medication to be easily taken. Yes. But there are patients who just are not able to to manage even with those aids, aren't there? Yeah, that's definitely right. Yeah. What what kind of problems would you see with patients who are not able to manage even with something as advanced as a Webster pack? How would you know that, that the Webster pack's not working for that patient? Well, you might notice that the tablets are all taken at different times and there might be some Webster there might be some blisters that have been unpopped from Monday, but it, the current day is Thursday. There might be tablets on the floor when you go to visit the person. Um, and and or the person's health it looks like it's deteriorating. Yeah. So tablets on the floor or tablets still in the Webster pack when they should have been emptied are clues. And of course, you know, the, the patient's general physical and mental health is also an issue to, to, to take into account. And at that stage, you know, working in your unit where you work in a transition care program, what would be your next step when you were concerned about someone's ability to manage the medication, even with these interventions? Yeah, so probably step one would definitely be to be reviewed by um, their GP. Secondly, mm-hmm. I would probably instate some district nursing service for them mm-hmm. to at least check on them once a day and help educate mm-hmm. on use of Webster Pack. Um, mm-hmm. The other issue I might do, especially if we're getting a family member or a nurse to go in and help, I might also suggest a locked box, which you can get from Bunnings. Um, and that's just for the safety of them. If they're starting to forget, I don't want them to go back to the Webster pack and all the sachet and try and take further medication because they've forgotten that they've taken some. So a form of safe or locked box, which is easily just obtained from Bunnings, is probably what I would do if somebody was starting to be confused. All right. Now, can you clarify the difference between prompting someone to take their medication and administering to someone their medication. What is that difference? Yep, so organizing somebody to prompt somebody to take a medication is probably more likely to be a family member. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was just going in there and saying, you know, hey, mum or dad, have you taken your medication? Where is it? Um, and then maybe, you know, just having a bit of a chat to them. But when it comes to administering, I would probably get um, district nursing to do this. And that's when they would probably have the Webster pack either in a specific cupboard or in a locked box so that they know they were the ones that administered it and they would have a medication list or a chart from myself or the doctor. So the nurse, district nursing staff can administer medication from the Webster pack, which is literally means take the medication out of the Webster pack, give it to the patient and say, here's a glass of water, take your medication. Whereas a family member can really only say, mom, go to your Webster pack and take your own medication, please. It's time. Is, is that, have I got that right? 
That's correct, yeah. Right. Okay, well, Zoe, thank you so much for your expert views today on medication safety in the home. I look forward to meeting with you again very shortly. Thank you. Thank you so much. My name's Dr. Fergal Armstrong. Thanks for watching, and we'll see you next time.